chapter 11. Would you turn there, Proverbs chapter 11, and let's dig into the Word while we have at least a little bit of opportunity tonight. If you were to ask me what subject matter I'd be dealing with in our study of Proverbs, I'm sure I could have come up with a number of obvious topics. Uh, uh, certainly, money, uh, and if you miss this one, wisdom, fools, uh, which, by the way, we've dealt with some of these, purity, uh, anger, the tongue. Now, we haven't dealt with all those subjects yet, but those would be just a few that would come to mind, and I would be able to say, hey, look, I would think that Proverbs is going to help us deal with those things. And Solomon addresses a lot of the common problems of life and shares valuable wisdom in, in these short statements, these pithy maxims, however you want to put it. Uh, now, some of those truths are yet to come, and uh, I know we've already addressed a number of them, uh, but we're going to continue our topical study, and we're still in chapter 11. And you say, well, we dealt with all those verses. I know we did, but we told you that we were just looking at one, basically one idea, and that was the principle of sowing and reaping. But uh, we're not really done with this. There's a couple of truths that I'd like to still look at in chapter 11. So we're going to do that. Now, I can't say that uh, the subject I, um, I have, uh, we're going to look at this evening was one I would have ever expected to even deal with. You say, wow, all right. Um, and I don't know if I would say I would, would have been, I was actually looking forward to it. And now that I have your attention, let's pray. Father, please give us understanding and help in your word. And I pray that our time would be fruitful as we look at another topical subject in the book of Proverbs. And I pray that uh, we'd be able to share some things about this subject that uh, would be of help to all that are here. And we'll thank you for what you'll do and how you'll help us. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. As I was looking through the rest of the chapter and contemplating things for, uh, for topics to look at, I already have made up basically a list of chapter 11 as I read through, and I was looking at some of the different things that, uh, and some of the different verses that had, I've, has stood out as I've read through the chapter, but I had to go back actually to the verse that started everything with sowing and reaping, verse 16 of Proverbs chapter 11. And, uh, and as I was back at that verse and, and not really able to move for, uh, forward from there for some reason, uh, I looked up the word honor. I thought maybe that would be a subject to look at. I looked up the word gracious and, and you know, nothing seemed to really stand out. But then I looked up the word woman. And, and believe it or not, I'd like to share with you Proverbs for Women. There are 25 times where you find the word woman or women mentioned in the book of Proverbs. And what was intriguing to me as I started to look at the subject and look at what God had to say, that there are some things that stand out in those 28 things that I'd like to share with you. So we're not going to take a long, long time on this subject but I have some Proverbs for women that are also helpful for men. <clears throat> so it's not just for women, but it is for men as well. You know, men say all the time, I just don't understand women. Um, in fact, 
there's a lot of good illustrations, <clears throat> funny illustrations in regard to that, but we're not going there this evening. Um, although men may say that, and by the way, women say, I don't understand men. We, un we know that we're all different. I'm thankful there's a God in heaven that does understand us and a God in heaven that has things to tell us and instructions. And um, what I think is also interesting about studying this subject and looking at the subject of women in the book of Proverbs, which again is a different topic that I would not have listed at the beginning, but as we look at that topic, um, it is, it's just to me helpful to understand that these are not things that what we're going to share are not things that only apply to women, but in many cases, most cases, if not all, can be applied to men. And so there are lessons for all to learn as we look at this subject of women. Now, look, if anyone should have understood women, it should have been Solomon. Get in trouble with this one, but 700 wives and 300 concubines, you should know something about women. You think? But that's not the, the wisdom we're looking at. We're looking at God's wisdom. And God had a number of things he wanted Solomon to write about in regard to women that they need to know. And this subject and what we're looking at is not going to be so much what is the perfect woman. Although there are some things that we'll learn about that. Sorry, men. Sorry. Just not going not gonna to get that. Because you already know what the perfect woman is. It's your wife. All right? So just want you to know that. Uh, so... There you go. So, but it's not just a message for women because the truths, honestly, are going to apply to all. So let me just share a couple things that I've learned as I've studied it, and we're going to look at a number of the verses. The Bible tells us a gracious woman retaineth honor and strong men retain riches. That's the verse that originally started me on this subject that we're looking at tonight. And the first truth I'd like to share, and again, it's kind of an overview of the, the word and how it's found in the book of Proverbs and used, but I want you to understand, first of all, that your actions determine your reputation. Your actions determine your reputation. And what I mean by that is, again, there's some intriguing things that I found. When you look at these 25, actually 28 times, there's a couple of times it's woman or woman in the, in, in, the, in the plural, singular or plural. So some 28 times when you find it in Proverbs, what you'll find is that to me is extremely interesting is this word has an adjective attached to it. It's, it's rare that you find just the word woman in the book of Proverbs. There's often descriptive terms, and there's a lesson to be learned in that. The title, most often, the title woman or the word woman, most often has adjectives that are added to it, and they describe the women involved. And so when you go through Proverbs, when you see the word woman, it's not just going to be a statement of a woman, but it's gonna, there's going to be a descriptive term that tells you something about her. And we start right with the verse we looked at. What do we find? What kind of woman is this? All right, it's a gracious woman. Now, let me just help you to see this through a little bit. Look in chapter 11 and verse 22, the next mention. And it talks about a jewel of gold, jewel of gold and a swine snout. That's an interesting statement, by the way. So is a, what kind of woman? Fair woman, which would be a, oh, you don't want to say, a good-looking woman, all right? 
uh, one that people would say, wow, she's beautiful. But by the way, if she's without discretion, it's like um, it would be as useless as, as taking a jewel of gold and, and using it as a nose ring for a, for a, a pig. He's not going to have any concern for that and not going to treat it right. And a woman who's beautiful that, listen, doesn't have the ability to discern is just as useless to society and life. Wow, that was free, okay? But you see a descriptive term. Look in chapter 12 and verse 4. And what woman do we see there? Virtuous woman, chapter 14 and verse 1. We have a wise woman. And also, it doesn't mention woman later on in the verse, but it's given us another one. There's also a foolish woman. All right, uh, go, go if you would now to chapter 21. Chapter 21. And verse 19. And what do we find there? There's actually two words to describe woman. Angry and contentious. All right, now again, not all the terms are favorable, I know, but look if you would at verse 19. All right, just told you that. Uh, no, it is, uh, yeah, that's contentious and angry. Did I say 21, 19? Look at 21.9. I'm sorry, I skipped that one, all right? Then with a, a brawling woman. That one sounds interesting, doesn't it? Look in chapter 25, if you would. Chapter 25, and in verse 24. All right, then we have the brawling woman again. Uh, we have a lot of brawling women in the book of Proverbs, okay? Like I said, this is a topic that can be a little uncomfortable. All right, look in chapter 27 and verse 15. We have a contentious woman. Um, go to chapter 30 where we have a different term, a term we haven't seen yet. No? No, chapter 23 and verse, I should have said verse, or ver, chapter 30 and verse 23. An odious woman. What's an odious woman? <laughs> all right there you go i'm gonna leave you to think about that one yourself all right look at chapter 31 we will get to that by the way we'll mention something about it look in chapter 31 and then we find in verse 10 the very familiar chapter for women often preached right on mother's day what do we find a description of the virtuous woman and so look in each, in, in most every case, by the way, Brother Deals mentioned it. I, he, was, he was probably guessing that we would probably get to it. But in numerous other mentions, and we didn't go to every verse, I know, but on numerous other mentions, uh, a woman who sells her body, uses her body to appeal to men, uh, is called the adulterous woman. And actually, she's called a number of different things in the Bible, this woman in the, in the Bible. She's called the strange woman. She's called the evil woman. She's called the whorish woman. She's called the foolish woman. And then later on in the, in the book, the adulterous woman. Um, interesting to me, and again, I'm not trying to get off on the subject, but the word strange, which describes her, is interesting because it literally means one who has turned aside. She's turned aside from that which is right and that which is good to do evil things. Uh, go back to chapter 30, if you would, in verse 20, uh, where we find the adulterous woman mentioned. And it, it's interesting to me, and, and uh, again, we've dealt with the subject in chapters 5, 6, and 7 quite a bit. But in Proverbs 30, 20, and we will mention a few other things, 
we find this. She eateth and wipeth her mouth and saith what? You know, it's an, it's an amazing thing, but a woman who is, is this type talked about in this passage and condemned throughout the book is one who, who, who does not have any guilt over her activities, over the filthiness of her ways, and, uh, and would actually say, I've done no wrong at all. Now, again, that was free. We got off a little bit. But the title, uh, word woman, often has adjectives. And what's also interesting is that most adjectives that we find, most adjectives, secondly, are determined by choices. An adulterous woman. She's adulterous because she has chosen to live that way. She's strange because she's chosen to leave the right path. She is um, and there's only there's actually I think it's best I can tell in the book of Proverbs there's only one exception. Proverbs 11:22 talks about the fair woman. We already mentioned that one, right? That's one you don't have a choice in. Okay? Beauty is in the eyes of the beholder. All right, we we would get that. But the truth is uh, some ladies are fair and some are not. Well, you got Rachel and Leah in the Bible. Now, see, I can get myself in a lot of trouble with this one. Uh, but the, the truth of the matter is, that's one thing you don't have control over. But when you go through the book of Proverbs and you look at these women and the adjectives that describe them, each one of those things is what a person has chosen for the path of their life. That's the truth that I wanted to bring out. And that is not just true of women, but it's true of men as well. Whatever words would be used to describe you, those words are what you have chosen yourself. Not because you've chosen to name yourself that, because in Proverbs, it's not as if this woman said, call me the gracious woman. But she's gracious, gracious, she's kind because she has chosen to be such. And again, she's an adulteress because she's chosen to be such. She is virtuous because she's made choices in life so that we call her a virtuous woman. Does that make sense? So it's a very important truth. And as I was reading these through and, and quite honestly thinking, I really am not going to deal with that subject, am I? But the more I read through and looked at it, it was intriguing to me because you know, there, man is mentioned some 153 times, and not every, every time there's not descriptions used for that. And actually, the reason why the term man is used, it's often referring to men and women. It's talking about people in general. But when he talks about women, Solomon almost always uses some sort of adjective, some sort of term to say, hey, look, this is what she is. And the truth is, it's what she's made herself. So your actions, here's the truth, determine your reputation. So the titles often have adjectives. The title women often have adjectives. And these adjectives are determined by choices. Someone shared this interesting fact. Came across this story. At the end of World War I, Herbert Hoover, who later became president of the United States, led the Allied relief efforts in Europe. And they say that through his efforts, literally, Hundreds of thousands of people were saved physically from starving because there was such devastation 
that there was a need for someone to organize and someone to oversee and make sure people were cared for, and that was his job. And he was looked upon very favorably and very positively by many people in Europe as he did this because literally they say hundreds of thousands of people were saved from starving as a result. In Finland, the people were extremely grateful for him and they actually added a word to the Finnish language. Hoover. That's right. And when the term was used, according to their dictionary, it meant to be kind or to help. The one who shared that interesting tidbit asked this question. If someone coined a word from your name, what would it be? And what would it mean? Swanky. I don't even want to hear what you think the definition should be. But the point is that we're all living in such a way that our name means something. Our reputation is being affected by how we live, by what we do. And so Proverbs actually reveals that truth indirectly, I know, but reveals that truth by saying, all right, look, when you see a woman in Proverbs, there's always going to be a descriptive term because a woman has made a choice and that choice is either very positive or very negative. And what you think of her is based upon the choices she's made in life. And here's the fact, and this is why I said this is good for men, because the, of men, the same thing could be said. So when people think of you, and if they were to use your name as a term of endearment or use your name, would it have a connotation of someone who's kind? someone who's virtuous, of someone who's good, or not. Uh, quite honestly, I find that very challenging. Now, the second thing I'd like you to see about this, about the term woman, is that your choices have serious repercussions. As we said, when you look at the word in Proverbs, it has a descriptive term, but it's also interesting because then Solomon often relates uh, some impact that women have. So the gracious woman sees something happen. Uh, the virtuous woman does something or has something happen to her. As we go through and we look at this term, we find that, that uh, a woman has great impact in life. You know, you know some people, uh, some feminists get really upset about uh, us preaching that women are supposed to be pastors. Uh, they get upset about, um, say, the, the, the Bible was a, a, a sexist book. That's a term that they'll often use. It was demeaning to women. But the truth is, when Solomon talked about women, and if you go through the book of Proverbs and look up the word woman, you're going to find that often he talks about how powerful a woman is by her life. And I want you to ponder this a little bit. Um, let, let's go back and let's kind of walk through Proverbs now again a little bit. And I want you to see just a few ways in which he describes this. Proverbs chapter 6. 
And you knew we'd get there again, and we will. We're not going to make a lot of mention of it because we've already preached on it. But a woman has great impact in life, either positively or negatively, depending on the choices they've made. Gracious. Does she have an impact? Yes. Uh, first, let's share the truth. And the uh, one, one uh, that you can destroy a life. You realize that? Uh, no, thankfully, we're not talking about anyone here. We better not be. For by means of a whorish woman, Proverbs 6, 26 says, a man is brought to a piece of bread and the adulteress will hunt for the precious life. The whorish woman is on a hunt which leads to destruction. If you read chapters 5, 6, and 7, and you see the numerous times the strange woman is talked about, you find over and over the, the impact that she has had because of the choices she's made. And the impact is she tells everyone, hey, come and, and you're going to have a lot of fun and everything's going to be wonderful, but the dead are there. Lives are ruined because she's made the choice and she's the one who wipes her, wipes her face that I haven't done anything wrong. And yet she destroys lives. So understand this. Your choices and what you make yourself and how you would be described if people would, were to describe you, gracious woman or adulterous woman, whatever choice you make has serious ramifications. You can destroy life. Uh, now, you, you say, okay, pastor, that's the only example. That's not true. Go to chapter 12. Go to chapter 12 and look at verse 4. And we see something related to marriage. I'm going to probably put it a little bit differently, but someone read the verse. All right, so then what kind of impact does a woman have then by her decision and how she's going to, how she's going to live her life? Okay, um, I just put it this way. You can make or break your marriage. You can make or break your marriage. That's pretty serious, isn't it? You see, we've got two different women in this, in this proverb, don't we? And one is a crown to her husband. It's, uh, it, it brings honor to her husband because she's living a life that's worthy of emulation and he, she's not an embarrassment. The other is an embarrassment to her husband. So that, you know, there are homes. There are homes where men are proud of their wives and men are, and there are homes where men are not proud of their wives. And um, again, it shows us how important it is um, for us to make the right choices. This woman, by the way, who acts inappropriately, it's not necessarily, some, some claim, well, she's impure. And so that's why she's affecting her husband in a negative way. It's not only impure, it, there could be a lot of things involved. She just does things which shame or embarrass her husband. Uh, so the first woman it brings health, if you would, brings honor, and he's, he's very pleased with her and and he's very thankful for her. The other 
Uh, the other, by the way, is like a disease that eats the man up from the inside. And here's the truth. Many times he might not say anything at all. But inwardly, just eats away. So do you understand how important it is that you live right? And that the adjectives that would describe you, which you choose by the way you choose to live, have a big impact. So you can destroy life. You can make or break your marriage. Look in chapter 14 and verse 1. And tell me what you can do in regard to your home. Not just your marriage, but now your home. What does God say? Build it or tear it down. You can build or destroy your home. Not only can a woman impact an individual or her husband in a powerful way, positively or negatively, but she can make or break her home. A wise woman gives attention to building her home. Her energies are spent in doing the things that are good and best for the family. Uh, the home is strengthened. It's beautified by her efforts. On the other hand, a woman who doesn't care or who is a fool, she doesn't work at being a godly mother, a good wife. Uh, she's tearing down the very things that should be her crowning achievement in life. Uh, and by the way, which should be everyone's, uh, uh, a couple's crowning achievement, building a home for the glory of God. So, are you starting to see how important your role is? As Solomon goes through, is intriguing to find that he doesn't just talk about women. He talks about specific women. And he tells us that the choices you make determine what your testimony is, what kind of woman you are, and that your decision and your choices don't only determine what people think about you and your reputation, but it also has great, great impact upon your home, upon your life and upon the lives of others. So choose well. We're going to learn some more about it, and we'll close with this next time we have opportunity. Father, thank you for the opportunity and the, and the chance we've had to look at uh, this subject. And I pray that, um, that men and women alike would understand that we make choices that affect our reputation. And may we make the choice to live right and have the kind of testimony that would affect what people think of us, but then help us to understand that what choices we make impact others around us in a very powerful way. And may that drive us to seek the right qualities and the right kind of things in life that would build rather than destroy. And I'll thank you for it in Christ's name. Amen. Lord bless you as you seek to be the right kind of person. You're dismissed.